Welcome to the College Church Sabbath School Podcast, where each week Pastor Anar Ram and Elder Roger Prather will be diving into the weekly lesson from the Seventh-day Adventist Church. The congregation at the College Church has made it their motto to love, grow, and serve. We really want to learn to love more, grow more, and serve more. It is our hope that through these conversations, we can learn to better serve our congregation, our local community, and the world. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope you are blessed with today's conversation. Welcome to the College Church Sabbath School podcast. Glad you're joining us. Here we are actually on lesson number 14. We're journeying through the book of Ephesians, and today we're going to do an overview of the entire book within 60 minutes or less. And there's a lot to think about here to pray over and, of course, to apply to our lives. So before we go any further, I'm going to ask if Roger would have our prayer as we start. Oh, before I'm forgetting here, I'm Aenar Ram, and to my right is... Roger Prather. To my left is... I'm Tom Nicholas. Tom Nicholas, and we are right here in in, uh, South Lancaster, Massachusetts, right at the corner of Main Street and George Hill Road. And, uh, you know, hopefully you're part of our church family. And if not, we invite you to be just that. And uh, even if you're listening in California, every Friday, just hop on a plane (laughs) <laughs> land at Logan or, or Worcester Airport and uh, be here Sabbath morning. And, and at any rate, but seriously speaking, actually, the, New England, of course, is a nice place to be in the autumn, in, in the fall time of year. So it's, it's uh, given the fact that we've had a very, very wet um, summer, I'm thinking the fall colors should be pretty powerful and vibrant. I'm not Maybe a hor- they'll stick around a little longer this year, too. Maybe, maybe. And, and, uh, the only thing I do know with if you get too much rain, I think some trees are subject to a fungus that can sort of mute the colors. But we're going way beyond my understanding. This is just what I've heard. I read it on the internet, so it's got to be true. So, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's what Abraham Lincoln said. There you go. <laughs> Roger, on that note, that's a good one. Could you pray for us? Sure. Father in heaven, I thank you, Lord, that we can come together and study your word. I thank you as always, for putting us in a time and a place where we can do this freely without fear from others, that we're not going to be punished for following you. And I pray, Lord, that uh, we will be a blessing on those who listen. I pray that, that your word will be a blessing to the three of us, that will be a blessing to one another. And I pray that this advances your gospel, that what we do here somehow, somewhere, in some heart, um, pushes the gospel forward in your plan. I ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You know, um, I'm thinking here about the book of, of Ephesians. And we all know Paul traveled over 10,000 miles. Um, today, some might call him a fanatic. You know, who would do this? He gave up a comfortable career in a society where money is God and power is God. He had it, he had it made. And so, you know, the story on the road to Damascus and turn his world upside down so he's got to tell people and and um you know i'm thinking about paul picking up the pen and writing this letter to the church at ephesus and i'm thinking i can really imagine that he's as he's writing these words he's saying i hope they get it i hope they get it i hope they understand what i understand well, you know, and he didn't wait until they got it before he planted the church and said, oh, you guys are a church. Right. They weren't perfect. They weren't perfect, no. They were church. Right. And now let's disciple them higher. Exactly. Mature them in the faith. Exactly. Yeah, can I give you guys a somewhat humorous uh, historical parallel? No. Johnny Appleseed. I was going to say no. I think, yeah, it's funny. I think, let's just say no. <laughs> well, too late. Johnny Appleseed. Uh, Johnny Appleseed, born right here in Lemonster, Massachusetts, right up the street from where we're sitting traveled North America planting trees from religious principles. Some people at the time called him a fanatic. He was a member of the Swedenborgian church, which is a little Mm -hmm. bit outside of orthodoxy, but he kind of had this sort of like apostle Paul mission. He's like, you know what? I'm going to go out there and I'm going to do this for whatever reason. He went out and he was sort of like this lay preacher 
uh, preaching the gospel as he understood and along the way he plants trees. But why that's interesting metaphorically is he plants the trees and he never gets to see the tree grow and he mm-hmm. certainly never gets to eat the fruit. And so we're the fruit that Paul planted on his giant yeah. apple seed experience. little anachronism there. but No, that's actually really fitting. And, and to think one day, by God's grace, all three of us, our families will be able to walk up to Paul and say, wow, in 2023, we were a blessed church family and we, we read your letter. We're going to tell Paul. I know you've never heard of Johnny Appleseed, but let me tell you the story. (laughs) You ever heard of this guy, Johnny Appleseed, Paul? Let me tell you a story about this guy who walked all over the continent. Kind of like you did. Talking about the gospel and planting trees. Yep. That's it. That's it. Paul's going to say, I like that guy. Yeah. Yeah. He's my friend. (laughs) So listen, let's just take a a little bit of time on each chapter, the six chapters. and, And I think I sound like a broken record. That's an interesting metaphor that today's, well, the records are coming back, but uh, for a while there, that's a metaphor that would not resonate with people. What's a record? It's an LP, you know, but they sort of have a resurgence. But it goes back to the starting point. Paul's here writing this letter, and verse 4, for he chose us in himself before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love, he predestined us for adoption. Adoption means we've been alienated. Adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will to the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given us in the one he loves. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sin in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us. With all wisdom and understanding, he made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ to be put into effect when the times reach their fulfillment, to bring unity to all things in heaven and on earth unto Christ. A powerful paragraph there, but it, it reminds us what is this all about. Like I mentioned before, truth you know, and there's, I'm, I'm going to change this definition tomorrow, but uh, truth is knowing where we came from and why we're here. And and this helps us to really frame all this and it also really affirms and blatantly states that God cares, God loves, God is a, is a relator, and that he has indeed created us for some purpose that transcends our temporary understanding so any thoughts guys about this as we just touch on chapter one here um well i would start with uh, i just want to reiterate something that uh, i think we mentioned at the beginning i don't remember if it was the podcast or if it was in the live stream sabbath school with that word mystery we tend to think we think of it like agatha christie you know, who done yeah, it? Who done it? Um, and that's true. But what it means it was is, it's the some, butler, by the way. It was the butler. <laughs> it was in in the kitchen with in the, the kitchen with the wrench against. Yeah, he killed Professor Plum. Yep, poor Professor <laughs> Professor Plum. But yeah. uh, <laughs> we think of it in those terms, right? Yeah. And you know that's accurate. We get that context of the word for a reason. But mystery in the Greek sense was something hidden, right? Something that's not evident to everyone. And again, in Ephesians, I don't mean to beat a dead horse, um, but I think it's supremely important to realize that, you know, the context of Ephesians, the letter of Ephesians, Paul's writing to a group of people who walk out their front door and they have a smorgasbord of religious and spiritual options to choose from. And it's all right there in their face. And what he's offering them is this concept, this idea that's not evident. Right? You kind of got to go. You got to go looking for it. The gospel doesn't just walk up to you and say, "Hello, I'm the gospel," and it makes perfect sense to you. Our human nature sort of, we want to reject it, and it takes a little bit of work to understand it, to grab hold of it. That's the first point I would make. And then the second point, jumping down to how far did you read? I uh, read 10, all I the think. way to yep uh, through ten. Okay, I won't. I'll wait. I'll reserve my comments for verse eleven. Well, time may not permit it, but um, 
Um, why don't you touch on 11 real quick? Okay, here. so 11, it says, In him we were also made his inheritance predestined according to the purpose of the one who works out everything in agreement with the decision of his will. We've hit on that a lot, predestination, in the last episode I mentioned, and here we are again, every single episode, you, Pastor Ram, have yep. mentioned that word predestined. Yep. And now going back and looking at it, I'm just reading the verse, in him we were also made his inheritance. Mm-hmm. Right? And I'm looking at the notes in my Bible, the uh, marginal notes and, and, and things like that. And uh, for verse 11, it has alternative uh, translations, or we were also chosen as an inheritance, or we also received an inheritance. And when I read that, it makes me think of Israel. Mm-hmm. So Israel was God in, God's inheritance, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And God used them for his purposes. Even when they screwed up, even when they fell short, even when they weren't exactly doing the right thing, even when they went wandering after all those gods, the same, in many cases, the same gods. Yeah that the church in Ephesus now walks out their front door and sees, he still used Israel to accomplish his purpose. The Messiah was still born. The word of prophecy still went out, despite all of the backsliding and the mistakes and the, you know, the, just, just everything, you know, David sleeping with Bathsheba and importing foreign gods into the temple and God still made it happen. And so now here we are at the church whether it's the 21st century or the first century, here we are the church. We are God. We, community, the church, is God's inheritance. We, we are the bride of Christ. And God is going to use this this institution, this movement. Yeah. And I'm not talking about the Seventh-day Adventist movement. I'm talking about Christianity, the yeah. universal church of believers. God is going to use it to accomplish his purposes in spite of ourselves, just like Israel. Mm-hmm. And I think that's an important point to note, too. Yeah. Um, it's a good point. And, and chapter two, I'm looking at my subheadings here, that we have been made alive in Christ. Actually, the quarterly, I uh, like the way they had divided up the uh, book of Ephesians. And the title of, the, of this week's lesson is Ephesians in the Heart, which I, I think that's another good title. We're taking it from the head to the heart. We're taking it from the letter, the written word, to the head to the heart. We are blessed in Christ is chapter one. Uh, Chapter two is we are redeemed for community. And I think that is of utmost importance right now because we were talking here between, uh, before we started that, uh, you know, Surgeon General has pointed out that we have an epidemic of loneliness to the point that, that some people's loneliness is essentially equivalent to like five or 12 cigarettes per day, even they don't smoke. When you look at the, the health consequences of being alone all the time, you could just as well smoke cigarettes, statistically speaking. And, and the church should be a place where to go, I go back to a sermon I preached here this past, past Sabbath was, you know, the people are like Legos. And we all are part of this big plan, and we're just one piece in this box, and you got to get out of the box to fulfill your purpose. Then your piece may be a large brick, it may be one of the large flat plates, it may be a tiny little antenna uh, or a little red dot that is the siren on something, something you're building. And uh, the point being is each one of us has a role to play and and if you take that one piece of lego away the set is incomplete it's missing something and one thing i didn't i mentioned in my sermon is is and and kind of kicking myself with this you know we've all had the situation where we're walking down the sidewalk and maybe you're in a store and you look on the floor and there randomly is a lego piece have you guys ever had that happen and I've seen it countless times. And sometimes I've even seen it packed into a, a dirt path. And I'm like, well, should I dig that one out? I don't know. I think I'll <laughs> leave it. But, but, you know, it's interesting. I think about uh, a kid. Maybe he's got his Lego car that's all built. And he's taking it with him on this trip. And, and accidentally, that one piece falls off that car. And it gets lost on that path. 
and he gets home he says I'm missing a piece and it's not perfect and I think that's something that uh, the church needs to embrace that yeah we have our big pieces you know we've got the the windshield we've got the the wheels the four wheels they're good and we got the body but uh, you know you need it all mm-hmm. you know that little siren at the top the little red dot to say it's a police car um, or whatever it may be and and uh, to be that what God wants us to be so uh, you know every person has a role to play every person does can we stretch that imagery a little further you know me I'm good for that unless you have the instruction manual you might not know oh that the piece is missing and the interesting thing about the Lego Corporation is if you buy a set and you're missing pieces, you can write to them yep. and they will send you the missing pieces for free. They will. I've actually done it. Yeah. So the church yeah. will didn't know, know what's missing yeah. when it reads the instruction manual. You, I will leave it to the listener to intuit what I mean by that. Yeah. But then when you ask the, the designer of the system to send the missing pieces... That he will do it. God, will, you know, ooh, if we're missing ooh. something in the church, I preach this sermon all over again. <laughs> no, just Lego. Well, whatever you're preaching tomorrow, change it. Lego Is that part. Me? Lego. Yeah, Lego, Lego part. Two. Oh, you're not preaching tomorrow? <laughs> no, it's actually Sabbath school's Sabbath. So oh, be here okay. for the be here for our kids. Now, so by I don't way, have to teach Sabbath school we, tomorrow. That's if you're listening to this pod, no, you you. If you're listening <laughs> to this podcast, we're recording this. Uh, several weeks before you're hearing this, yeah, so yeah, 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 yeah. your your time space continuum is really being disrupted here. Yes, we're reaching across space and time. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, uh, Pastor Anner, you were you were saying uh, c- comparing us to, to to Legos and some are you know major pieces and some are small pieces. You know, and, exactly. And I'm looking at First Corinthians uh, chapter twelve here in verse twenty. It says, "But now indeed there are many members, yet one body." And the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. Right. Nor again can the head to the feet, I have no need of you. But much rather, those members of the body which seem to be the weaker are necessary. Yeah. It, it's it's that whole community. Some Everybody's needed. Yeah. Everybody's important. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, um, and I, so let me just, can I, I'm sorry, I want to build off of that. Because I have preached sermons on this. I like the way you use the word bill because you're... You're going along with the Lego motif here. Oh, you build the let set. me add another brick. <laughs> another brick in the wall. Oh, my. Oh, my. <laughs> so, but let me build on that, right? Because we, we, I've heard sermons preached. I've preached sermons. I've taught Sabbath school lessons. And you have things like, um, let me just, uh, you know, if you're a member of the college church, you may have heard this a time or two, but potluck, right? Mm-hmm. It's a big pain. It takes a lot of work. The people who dedicate years making sure that this ministry happens yeah they miss sabbath school you know they miss out on a lot because of the effort that it takes while everybody else is sitting around like we are right now talking about the sabbath school lesson they're down there making sure that the ovens are warm keeping the food hot Mm -hmm. that the tables are set and you know, I see the them come in late at night and i see them come in early in the morning i mean they're yeah they put a lot into it and you know, we somebody to vacuum the carpets. Yeah. You know, polish the the wood on the pews. I mean, all these little things, and most people think like, oh, that's that's not meaningful. I want to do. Yeah. I want to teach yeah. Sabbath school, or I want to do this. You know, or some people say like, I don't even know where my place is. Like, I'm, I don't feel qualified to teach Sabbath school. But let me tell you right now, the best way to learn, especially the Bible, is to teach it. Yeah. yeah. You know, so I, I that's from personal experience, but. All, every single one of those pieces is necessary. If nobody vacuums the carpet, we come into mm-hmm. a dirty church. If nobody comes and prepares potluck, we don't get to eat together yeah. as friends and family. Yeah. There's always something, even if it's not the smallest little thing, you know, just imagine it, any building you walk into, if there weren't people who took out the trash and mopped the floors and scrubbed the toilets mm-hmm. and sanitized the water fountains. Yep clean the windows you'd be walking into a disgusting mm-hmm. dirty oh, yeah. building every single yeah. day and we think it's so menial it's you know beneath me or i don't i want to do something more i don't want to yeah. just contribute something meaningless like that no but it's all meaningful you know that even the temple the temple had levites 
who were dedicated to keeping it clean. They, that was their entire life's purpose would be certain duties within the temple. And I think that's a good message for us. So I just interesting you said that because I just have a, a cute little anecdotal story here. Paul Tournier, Tournier he was a, a writer, thinker, and he was an influential Christian therapist during his time. And people would come, doctors would come to his home, uh, to Switzerland, uh, to learn from him. And he wrote these words. He says, it's a little, it is a little embarrassing for students to come over and study my, quote, techniques. They always go away disappointed because all I do is accept people. Mm. It's interesting that, you know, that's step number one, you know, accept that. Oh, well, to me, overuse a Lego metaphor here. You know, it's not as grandiose as the, the brick with, you know, you know, two by eight or 12, you know, uh, pieces. But, you know, that little, that little red dot there, that's the siren on the, uh, on the uh, police car is, is crucial for the kid's enjoyment, for the, for the, for the person, the end user. And we got to remember, my friends, that this isn't about me. This isn't about us. This is about Jesus Christ. Let me stretch that a little bit more. Oh my, we're going. The, you Let know, me stretch I can already see more. the eyes rolling for all of our listeners <laughs> no, here. No, this no, is no. important. <laughs> we're we're providing illustrations that bring it down to earth. There we go. Um, but let me stretch it a little bit more. Uh, my daughter had a set that we built. We spent like five hours building this set, right? And then, oh, yeah. if, like, she had it sitting, and then you know, she bumps it. She's cleaning room, whatever. It falls. Some of it falls apart. And we can't find one piece. Yeah. And the one piece was like, whatever, it was brown or white or black or blue. We can't find that one piece, but she's got this big bucket that's accumulated over the years. And sometimes we just free build, you know, yeah. Yeah. but we have to find a piece. So we go and we find the right shape, but it's a different color. Yeah. But we found a purpose. We accepted that piece into the hole yeah. in order to complete that set, even though it wasn't precisely what we might have been looking for. We found yeah. a place for that piece yeah. in the set to make the set more complete. Yeah. I mean, you can you can stretch this on and on and on, yeah. but the point being that we're a community. The church is a community, yeah. like in all the church's institutions are a community. Our hospitals, our schools, our Sabbath schools, Dorcas, Pathfinders, Adventurers, etc., etc., universities, everything. Mm-hmm. Community based. It's people, and that's really I, th- I think we we overly focus on. I don't know, minutia, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. I and mean, really it's, it should just be a community of people gathered around the scriptures. That's kind of like how I perceive it. Well, and I think that's what Paul is saying here in, in Ephesians 2, 14 on. He says, for, you know, Christ, I have a subheading here, Christ our peace. For he himself is our peace who has made uh, both one and who has made both one and has broken down the middle wall of separation. He's, he's taking everything away that separates us so that Absolutely. we can be at peace so we can come together in community That's a good point and 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 he takes away bitterness yeah which is there's a, <laughs> there's, a there's a fair amount of bitterness in the world and and he he gets rid of that so and that's like, a good that's a good point too because we get again we get wrapped up in minutia why was it so important for the jews and the gentiles to get along it wasn't just about the jews and gentiles getting, getting along god is working through history he's using these mm-hmm. institutions to accomplish his purpose he created israel as his inheritance he brought about the messiah and he's illustrating in real life his goal his yeah. project which is to bring all of the people who have been separated through sin and its effects over the generations back together again it's not just about jews and gentiles getting along that's right. an illustration it's a it's a it's it's a ripple effect right it's yeah, just like I'm when people say right. like well what's the point of not eating you know bacon or whatever and it's yep. just not it's not about the bacon right right it's right. the illustration of what that separation and that difference meant right yeah. it's god asking people to live out their lives in such a way that they illustrate biblical principles to the world around them and that's what the church is it's people who would be separated by cultural standards whatever they are race ethnicity language nationality politics yeah whatever whatever yeah coming together and just saying none of that matters in light of the gospel we're going to do this church thing together we're going to take that gospel yeah. into the world together yeah neither um, jew nor gentile actually that was you yesterday right yeah yesterday for chapel i had i gave everybody a little little shot glass little 
<laughs> it wasn't it wasn't an alcohol shot glass. It was a two ounce glass. Oh yeah, a uh, little little plastic cup full of M and M's, just mixed M and M's. Everybody got a cup, hmm. and uh, and so, you didn't invite me. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, <laughs> I just barely had enough. <laughs> and, and so you know, it's mixed M and M's, and then you know the, the the scripture is you know is we are one in Christ, and so that I had them go around and and exchange M and M's until each person had just one color in their cup. Oh. And I said before you saw differences, but now in Christ. There are no more differences. There's, there's no more. There's nothing to divide us. Now we are one in Christ. Wow, that's yeah, good. That was a good. That was an awesome lesson. I have to say, I didn't get a chance to tell you that yesterday. But oh, that was you. well done. And then in terms of Ephesians too, right? Right. Let's apply that to Ephesians. Again, I don't mean to beat a dead horse, but culture, the cultural and historical context matter. People would go. You go outside, and there, you know, here's the the temple for Diana. Here's mm-hmm. the Eleusinian mysteries. Here's the cult of this god, the cult of that god. Here's this other mystery religion, right? And you could belong to more than one, but then you're going to be in these organizations that conflict with one another, and so you have this sort of internal uh, disparity. Or you could get factionalism, right? Well, I'm in the Eleusinian mm-hmm. mystery school, and I'm not in the you know Dionysian. Uh, mystery school and we're better than you are and paul versus apollo paul versus apollo right and so what the whole point of the church was to say guess what we have a temple over here right it's we have a temple and it's the temple of the holy spirit because it's god's people gathered together it's not a building but a people and um, all of those conflicting distinctions disappear because we're all children of the same god yeah just one god now it's interesting because uh, I'm looking at the uh, our timer there, and and we're touching on Ephesians two about Gentiles and and this is important. Now it's interesting when you transition to chapter four. My subheading in 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 uh, my NIV it says unity and maturity in the body of Christ. And unity and diversity. Unity and diversity. Do you in the body of Christ? Now now you know, guys. We've all talked about unity, and 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 you know, I I fear that we will talk about and not experience unity until Jesus comes, mm. <laughs> and then sadly to say it is too late. You know what in the world does unity look like? And and maybe that's that's the wrong question. Uh, what are the keys to unity? Is unity a state or is it a journey? And and um, it's interesting because it says here, I always like this. I mean, this is interesting in verse 1 of Ephesians chapter 4. Paul says, as a prisoner of the Lord, he's, by the way, guys, it's a nice way of saying, by, you know, you're quabbling, squib, you know, having arguments. I am in a, I'm a prisoner. So let's get this thing straight here. Okay, let's do a reality check. You're, you know, having your quarrels over X, Y, and Z. I'm a prisoner. And I, he says, okay, listen, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. I mean, that's a tall, that's a powerful sentence. Live a life worthy, not that we're earning it, but that we're worthy. We're, we're saying, hey, look what we've received for crying out loud. We are predestined, you know, First John, I'm sorry, John 14, 1 to 3. God is preparing a place for me right now. That's what it says. He's preparing a place for me. For other people, what happens? They die. They be, they they did their body deteriorates, and that's the end. You know, in the long run, after the second resurrection. But the point is, is uh, Paul saying, "Look, look what you've received." Mm. And so then he says, "Be partially humble." And if he says, "Be completely humble." and gentle be patient bearing with one another in love bearing with one another in love and and uh uh, that's sort of the how-to because he says make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace and and uh, he says there's this one body one spirit you were called to one hope when you were called one lord one faith one baptism one god and father of all who is over all and through all and in all that's I mean, the unity one 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 that's and the unity keep 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 most important things most important 
don't get sidetracked by all the exactly. other stuff. The most important things are, and he lists them. And and as us as I'm a Trinitarian, how can you have one God but three distinct entities? But that's a mystery, and that's what the church should be like. How can you be different individuals, but yet one? And that's that's it, it's that's hard. a good way of pointing. It's challenging. Yeah, I mean, go back to the verse I was reading earlier in First Corinthians, where where you have all these different members, and they are all you know very very different from each other, and yet we're still part of one body. Mm-hmm. You know, that's an ancient ancient problem. I've said this again in Sabbath school. Like the old one of the oldest philosophical problems: what's the relationship between the whole and its parts? Yeah, you know, um, and you know the trini- the Trinity, uh, the the the. the traditional orthodox understanding of the trinity is one way of resolving that question it's the ultimate way i should say it's not one way it's the ultimate way of resolving that question right god is three persons but he's one god and then people like well that doesn't make any sense well how does it make any sense that i can still be completely and fully myself but yet i'm a fully integrated member of the church yeah right and these are the and these are the same questions this is where you know all these other social questions that come up right like because these, these are the questions we ask in our society how can we have a country that has right. all these millions of individuals yet we can be unified in one country as a nation or in a community yeah. right but and that's really i mean that's a great theme because it goes all the way through husband and wife the family is the unity of individuals into one entity mm-hmm. right and we they remain individuals sometimes too much yep and but they yet are still one flesh, one body, one one whole, and the church is supposed to be the same way. And then the Bible also well, uses in with, with Greek, one distinction. What's that? The, the church is not to be one flesh. Not one flesh. Yeah, one that's spirit. true. Well, one I, spirit. I'm sure there's some churches out there that <laughs> yeah. might go that direction, but we we ain't one good of them. Good point. Right. Good point. But yeah, yeah, that is a good point. Yep. But the same thing holds in. Um, oh, I totally forgot there. No, it doesn't matter. But you get the point. Like it's it's. Uh, we keep trying to answer this question like how can we be individuals and yet part of this mm-hmm. other thing and there's always these these tensions yeah but the bible really i mean like some of our most important questions revolve around this that issue and the the, the gospel answers the question so can i um go back to your lego story metaphor there where you it was your <clears throat> lego story i just added to no, it no yeah you, that's true but I liked, but it's interesting. I'm thinking, let's personify these that missing Lego piece, mm-hmm. and the Lego piece is sitting there, right at the corner molding, like kind of stuck between the carpet and the molding. You know what I'm talking about? And maybe by now the vacuum cleaner sucked it up. But anyway, let's go with it. And it's sitting there, and it sees that vehicle. Well, I don't know. Let's say it was a car that you built, and you found you may do. You found a piece that was similar but not exactly like the way it was supposed to be. That little Lego is sitting there. I'm supposed to be in there. I'm supposed to be in there. That's my calling. And it's like screaming out, remember me, I'm over here, down here in the carpet. Think about that mo- movie which predates you guys, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. <laughs> predates? Rate. What are you talking about? You remember man? that, that was movie? One of my favorite of movies. Okay, I okay, good, good, good. Uh, but you know that you the, give was, yourself credit. You're way younger than you. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, Rick, wasn't Rick Moranis? Right. You know, and he's screaming, and nobody can hear him. Point being is. That's really what's going on in the right. world. You know, people long, you know, they everybody ultimately wants to belong to something. I mean, they maybe they want some a more pro- pronounced peace than what they're supposed to be, or maybe the other way around. But everybody then it's, has a part, and then at some point we all say, you know, what God did was good. What God did was good and was great, and and uh, you know it all fits together, and then and and that. Uh, you know the big piece that has a the axle. Let's just say that's so crucial for running that police car. We'll look at that little red dot at the top and say, you know, if it wasn't for you, people would know we weren't a police car. Hmm. You know. So, anyway. No, and, and the thing is too, like that that little Lego piece might be over there sitting, going like that should be me. That should be me. 
and you know chances are the lego that's filling in might not want to be there Mm-hmm. Just mm-hmm. doing, just doing what's necessary to get through. Right, right. In every church, there's somebody sitting in primary Sabbath school who's mm-hmm. been sucked into it mm. for 12 years or something like that, and they're just sometimes like, that does happen. Thinking, boy, I wish they'd ask somebody else. I wish they would ask somebody I'm so else. Tired you know, I'm tired. I'm burnt out. I put, you know, they put their heart and soul into it, and they're just getting to the point where they don't know if they can do it anymore, and they're looking for a way out. And then you got that other Lego piece over there going like, "That's supposed to be me," but they're mm-hmm. afraid. You know, to come, they don't want to take. You know, but if we just, if we follow, if we really, if we, if we act out of unselfish motives and we're truly following the leading of the Spirit, then God's going to put us into the right places over time. I put the way I put it is I, I'm constantly following God's breadcrumbs. Mm-hmm. I don't know where God's taken me. No right. idea. Right. I just know right now I'm I am where I'm supposed to be because I followed this trail of breadcrumbs yeah. and I know that God's the one that left them out. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Right. One thing about the Christian faith, and and Paul understood this, that it really is to be integrated into our lives, and and I think, you know, as as, you know, probably one of the epiphanies he had as his, on his road to Emmaus, is he realized Paul went to Emmaus. No, what I say, I was at Damascus. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Did I say Damascus? Yes. All right. Don't edit on, that out. Oh, no, <laughs> you didn't know. <laughs> um, so, I think he has an epiphany, and he realizes how disconnected we can go through the motions of religion, but mm-hmm. really not get it, and and we can just be. You know, whitewashed sepulchers, as Jesus said, and and everything looks good on the outside, and and but something must be going on the inside. So he's really trying to build a bridge between the internal experience and the external experience, and so he talks about in chapter four how to really live the Christian life, and uh, I mean, there's so much, so much. Uh, amazing sentences here that he says here, you know, don't live any longer as the Gentiles do in the futility of their thinking. Uh, just think about that sentence and and uh, how easy it is for us to get sucked into the way everybody else lives and thinks and sees the world. I mean, let's face it, we're recording this in, in, uh, in August and, uh, you know, they're already bringing out uh, Halloween, Thanksgiving stuff, and then of course Christmas is coming. You know, probably around right around Labor Day, and and the madness that is it, Christmas is like an awesome time of year. Don't get me wrong, but it's easy to get sucked into all the things, the purchases, the parties, the food. You know, nice things, but you can le- easily lose the the real reason for the season. To use that overused expression, and and. Uh, to get sucked into this futile way of thinking because what happens on December 26, millions of square feet of wrapping paper just goes in the trash. The toys break down three days later and and that uh, fashionable dress or whatever is out of fashion, you know, next Christmas. And, and Paul's saying, wait a second, there's something, something unspeakably profound that we understand here that God created us God became flesh and made his dwelling among us and then to top it off he took our sins he took our sins upon him why do you do this? out of love out of extending himself to us and then he died the cross died on the cross and 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 he did this always with God's will, and then he came out of the tomb victorious. And so Paul is saying, look, let this marinate in our minds, in our hearts, and say, all right, now, how should I live the next six months or three months of my life here? Do I want to follow the futility of the Gentiles' thinking, or do I want to follow this other way of realizing that wow, we're part of something pretty amazing. And we were, going back to chapter one, we were destined, predestined to be a part of this uh, for this moment. Mm -hmm. And, uh, uh, you know, going back to the story of Esther, you know, 
you know, and Joseph, you know, was Joseph. Think about Joseph. It was God's will that I was sent here. Uh, after he went through that horrible experience of being betrayed by the brothers, going to the prison and elevated, prison elevated, and he said, you made it for bad, but God made it for good. And then we actually can be able to say that. But think about that for a second, like the Joseph thing. When you you know, it was God's will that Joseph go to Egypt, but in order for Joseph to be placed in the position he was in Egypt, in order to save his brothers, which preserves all the tribes of Israel, which brings about the nation of Israel, which eventually brings us the Messiah, which eventually brings us the church, which eventually brings us you and me, Joseph had to be sold into slavery and transported yeah. through yep. international international slavery by the Ishmaelites into Egypt and placed in servanthood of a pagan official in order for him to rise to a high level within a government that served pagan gods, not only served pagan gods, but deified the ruler of the nation. Mm. That was God's will. Mm. So thinking about that in perspective and so you're talking about like the ginger but how about let's be honest we create like we're all seventh-day adventists right we're institutionalized we create our own sort of gentile distinction too mm -hmm. do we mm -hmm. just go through the motions do we forget why we do certain things and do we adopt worldly ways in ways that are sort of like secret backdoor ways right mm. we're going to paint it pretty right we're going to paint mm. it pretty we'll, we'll call it christmas yeah. Happy birthday, Jesus. But I would like a new iPad Pro. Yeah. 17 and a half inches, you know, whatever. Do we yeah. sneak it in the back door? Yeah. And I think, and it's not just Seventh-day Adventist. I'm just saying that because it's Seventh-day Adventist podcast. Yeah. yeah. But we have a lot of cultural distinctives that we forget why we do it. And it just becomes, well, why do we do it? Well, because that's why we do, that's what we do. That's why. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I like the way you put that. That's what we do. <laughs> so... I think, you know, we need to be honest, not just, and again, I, I, I try not to focus just on the Adventist stuff because I'm a big pro-Protestant guy. I think we need to be more cognizant of our place in Protestantism. Mm -hmm. um, and I think we've forgotten that. Something that was important to Ellen White, something that was important to our pioneers, our place in the, in, in the Protestant movement, carrying forward the Protestant Reformation. Um, so I try not to harp too much on the Adventist distinctive stuff, but... We need to be. Re we need to recognize both. Yeah. We need to recognize both. It's not just you know like oh, are we allowing worldly ways into the church? What are we allowing people to watch and see and read or whatever? But it's also like how are we behaving in ways that have, are completely disconnected from their purpose? Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I want to just because the time continues to the, the the earth continues to spin on its axis. It does. We cannot <laughs> stop that, and nor should we. And there's still only 24 no, hours. No, so much no, could be God, said, but. God planted the earth on its foundations and it does not move. That's what the Psalms say, That's sir. That's what it says. And and so <laughs> it's interesting. <laughs> Didn't we talk about the flat earth stuff a few oh, weeks ago? Oh, we did. We did. We did. And it's okay. it's interesting. Anyway, uh, the flat earth society has members all around the globe. <laughs> yeah, but there, so there are folks though, there are folks who like try to link it into like this like sort of like gospel wokeness. Right. Like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't even know what to call it, like conspiratorial, mm -hmm. like, oh, this is the great deception. Yeah. The earth is really flat. Right. You know, <laughs> because, and, and it's, so I was, we talked about it a few weeks ago, yeah. and when you said, the earth, I know you're getting at time. Yeah, yeah. But time can stand still. Oh, we know Joshua, that. Joshua, Joshua prayed. <laughs> oh, yeah. Let's say prayer. Yep. So, <laughs> well, yeah. just to wrap up that little piece of the conversation, though, in chapter four, uh, and just kind of uh, moving on from where you were at, Pastor Ainer, uh, he, he talks about the new man, mm -hmm. you know, putting on, you know, putting on the new man. We we, we were an old man. We came from the world. Yep. No matter what our spiritual heritage is, we still have an old man that needs yeah. to be put away. We still need the new man in Christ Jesus to be put on daily. We need to mm -hmm. remember why you know who we are and why we why we are that yeah. person. Just because you know. We need to remember and challenge those traditions. Yeah. Are we really, truly living in the light of the gospel, or are we just going through the motions? But so, can I just ask you a question? And I, it's, I think I know the answer. I just want, I'm, I just want to kind of get you to talk about it because I think it's important. Does the old man actually ever really go away? 
No. Try to get a little closer. There we go. All right. Uh, no, the old man doesn't ever really go away. Not this side of heaven, at least I don't believe. But you can you can weaken that man by by uh, you know Paul talks about um, uh, sacrificing daily. You know mm-hmm. how so that old man is sacrificed, and we are reborn in the spirit every time. And so we 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 uh, a pastor friend of mine he says you you starve the kitty and you you, know, you starve the lion and you feed the kitty you know you starve mm. the spirit you know the, the sinful nature and you feed the spiritual nature you know you reborn yeah. in the spirit and then you feed that 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 spiritual nature that kind of gets back to like our last episode too where we talked about um the armor of god mm-hmm. and the virtues and things like that like waging peace you actually actually have to actively uh go out and be a peacemaker it's not the absence of warfare. It's it's actually something completely different. It's the presence of actively seeking peace, and that actively seeking the peace, I would say, is kind of like uh, sort of parallel to what you're saying about you have to starve. Yeah, you have to starve the inner man. So what did you say? Starve the lion, feed the kitty. Yeah. Oh, no, K I T T Y. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, you know, and, and like I be, get it. Be, uh, seeking peace is not a, a passive thing. It's a it's an active thing. And waiting, you know, in prayer. The you know, Jesus told the told the disciples to wait for the promise. Well, they didn't just sit around twiddle their thumbs. They they waited in prayer, actively waiting. God's God's yeah. kingdom is not a is not a a kingdom of just pa- uh, passivit, passivity. No, it wasn't. Yeah, so it, it's not. A, we're not going to be. We're not. It's not a monastery. We're not supposed to be monks. No, no, no. not at all. And that brings us to uh, Ephesians chapter five, verse one. Follow God's example. That's a powerful sentence. Follow, what do you mean follow God's example? Follow God's example. What did he do? He actually left his realm in the in the quest to make a connection and and uh, came to be us, be with us and be one of us. Therefore, he says, as dearly loved children and walk in the way of love, mm-hmm. just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. It's interesting. Walk in the way of love. And and uh, it's easy to walk in the way of the world, walk in the way of policy, walk in the way of power. And there's many different words we can put in there, but he says, walk in the way of love. This is what Christ did. You do the same thing. He talks to you about sexual morality, other things that we're, we're not to engage in. And and I want to just fast forward to verse 21. You know, we've already touched on the more controversial nature of these uh, verses, but 21, powerful sentence. Mm-hmm. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Well, mine says, in the fear of Christ. In the fear of Christ. Submit. But you have the word submit. Mm-hmm. Submitting to one another in the fear of Christ, and it begins with you said, "Follow God's example." It says, be, "Mine says, be imitators of God." There you go. So be actually, put it, delete. Well, not delete, but compress that. Be imitators of God, submitting to one another in the fear of Christ. Submitting one another in the fear of yep. But and, fear and, of Christ. But think about this whole word submit. You talk about an unpopular word today, mm-hmm. and and. Uh, um, it's almost like removed from our vocabulary, but mm. out of reverence, not uh, out of reverence for Christ. What? Well, why would I do that? Well, Christ submitted to God the Father's will. He submitted to make this connection, and he saw the big picture, and he said, well, the only way this is really going to happen is if I actually become one of them. And, and so it's almost like he says, okay, I'm not letting anything, even my own pride, get in the way. I will do what is necessary. And he goes on to some details here and um, that really, I think Paul is trying to give some guidance as far as this is how you do it in the first century world. And then, of course, he transitioned to what we talked about last podcast about putting on the full armor of God. And guys, you know what? We may walk out of our houses fully dressed, but we may walk out of our houses half dressed spiritually. You know, yeah. we really can. And I think Paul, he's sitting there under house arrest, and he's like thinking best through. You know what we talked about before, Roger, Tom about the metaphor, and he's saying you need these five. I think it's five pieces. You need them all, and and otherwise you're only half dressed. Yeah. You're you're walking out of your house unprepared. 
and and uh, that's kind of an interesting uh, thing to think about. You know, before we leave our homes, we've brushed our teeth, you know, comb our hair. Roger, you and I make it a little bit different. For Tom's got full head here, but uh, but you know, we get our shirts that we deodorant you know what i'm saying we go through all the process okay i am ready to leave the house i am ready to leave the house but do we have the belt of truth hmm. do we have the feet do we have the shoes on but do we have the feet fitted with the radiance that comes from the gospel peace do we have the shield of faith which we can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one because they're coming and have we put on we may be getting colder you know, um, may have a hat, but do we have the helmet of salvation? And so this is where we really, and this is what's important about fellowship and real, you know, uh, heart-to-heart conversation. You know, how is it going? Are you and I, are we are we fully dressed? Mm. You know, we're doing this podcast, we're all fully dressed, and, and uh, uh, we're ready to walk anywhere in, in today's world. It might be a little out of place if we showed up at a wedding where we're wearing right now, but um, for what the day calls for, we're appropriately dressed. Um, you know, are we dressed as far as uh, Paul would be concerned? You know, are we, do we have these on? And that's really calls for some introspection and, and uh, reflection and, and some maybe some sharing and dialogue. Yeah, not not only are you know, as part of the family of God, not only do we live in this world, but we also have a, a spiritual reality. We have a carnal reality. You know, we we need to be actually dressed. You can't just walk out of the house with house with your spiritual uh, warfare clothing on. You know, your armor, but you also have to have some some clothes on. There's a, a, yep. a carnal yep. reality that we live yep. in. Um, but but there's also that spiritual reality. You know, not only are we husbands and wives, but we're husbands and wives submitted to Christ. Exactly. And not only are we a community, but we're a community submitted to Christ. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Can I can I add something to that? Going back to I was while you guys were talking, I was doing a little exegesis here. That be imitators of God, and then down to t- verse twenty one in in chapter five, submitting to one another in fear of Christ. We get really, I don't know. We've talked about it before in different places about that word fear, and we tend not to understand how the Bible means it, right? So I just went to the Greek and I was reading. So it's submitting to one another in the fear. It's actually the word fear. It's not respect or Phobia. reverence. Phobia. It's phobo, yeah. Yep. And then the fear of Christ, and Christ is in the genitive, which means it shows ownership. So mm. Christ's mm. Christ's fear, mm-hmm. not mm. our fear of Christ. Right. I'm not afraid of Jesus, The f- Jesus's fear. Who did Jesus fear? Mm. Who did Jesus submit to? He submitted mm-hmm. to the Father, but he also submitted to us, right? Because he gave himself up for us. Yeah. So when you talk about that that intercommunal submission in the fear of Christ, in the same spirit of Christ's fear of God, he submitted to us, so we ought to submit to one another. I think that's more along what hmm. Paul's saying. Sorry, I would, that was from satisfy my that, own curiosity. No, that's, that's, that's powerful because when you think about it, we, we kind of make light of, of the first five days of creation, six days of creation, well, five days. And and Jesus Christ, he's the creator of the world. He, he in a way, co-created with God the Father. It's sort of a partnership there. But God is so powerful that he spoke and he used a word. And, and there were trees. He spoke and there were birds. He spoke and, and all these things happened. The power of words and and i think we sometimes just sort of treat words as throwaway objects like okay so god said this no when god says it, it's going to happen and so i think that it's like going back to what you said jesus christ said okay when god when the father says something it's going to happen mm-hmm. and i need to respect that and and that's and this and i would even say probably it was vice versa probably yeah because think- jesus even said yeah, something similar to that. We can't, you can't, you can't separate anything that the Bible, anything written in the Bible, you can't separate it from its historical and cultural context. I know I say that a lot, mm-hmm. but it's something that I think people hear it and they go like, yes, that's good. Thank you, Roger, for doing all you do to teach about that, you know, and then they just forget about it. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
Jesus, it, I, I wouldn't use the term. I, I don't know what Ellen White said. That might be a quote from Ellen White. If that's what she said, great. I take her word for it. I wouldn't use the word co-creator. Mm-hmm. Christ is the agent yeah. of creation. In the beginning was the word. Yeah. Christ is the word. Amen. God spoke. What did he speak? He yep. spoke the agency of his son. Yep. Right? Maybe that's a little too philosophical for some people. But you can't, you cannot. So in, in ancient Near Eastern mythology, you would have sort of like an overarching king, the Marduk or whoever, mm-hmm. right? The sort of like great God. And then you would have subordinate entities um, doing his will. But even though so those subordinate entities might be the direct cause of something, the causation of that was not attributed to those lesser entities necessarily. It would be attributed to that greater Mm. uh, divine entity. So in that ancient Near Eastern context, you would have God the Father speaking, but the agent is his son. So yes, it's a word speaking, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but it's not just that the words, you know, it, it, it gets a little fuzzy. It gets a little poetical. Yeah, you don't. You're not exactly sure. Does it mean one thing or the other? Well, it means both at the same time. Even those are their intention. Christ is the agent. Fast forward to First John. I mean, uh, John chapter one, and you're now in Ephesus. John's probably writing that from Ephesus, mm-hmm. the same city that mm. Paul's writing mm. to, yeah. with huge pagan influence, huge Stoic influence. The Stoics had this idea of the divine logos that they were sort of pantheists. The universe itself is kind of divine how do we understand it the unit you know the, this great god this sort of like pantheistic god communicates through divine reason which they called the logos the word mm-hmm. so john's reaching into this pagan audience and trying to get them to understand the gospel and he's using terminology that would have been very familiar to the pagan residents of of ephesus and so when you say the fear of christ Christ's fear, God spoke, and Christ decided, yes, I will be God's word. I will be his agent. I will carry out his will. Mm. And so now the church, with that same mm. level of humility, humility, we carry out Christ's will by submitting to him in the same way to be his agents as he did in creation and in dying, which are sort of the same, two sides of the same coin, right? Through his death, he yep. recreates. That's that's what we're talking so, about. So it's in, I'm getting excited here, and we're wrapping up, running out of time, but... It's interesting that Paul understood the important connection between theory and practice. So he's saying, look, if you, if basically, if you're not doing something about it, it's going to be pointless. And of course, we're familiar with the term, with uh, wasn't it Gandhi who read the Bible and he said, you know, the whole world would be Christians were it not for you Christians. I mean, yeah. he saw, wow, this is an amazing yeah. belief system, and he said, look at these guys, but. There's this gigantic disconnect between what the theory is and the practice. I think Paul understands this. He says, look, if you don't practice this, you're going to be disconnected. You're, you're, going to, you're just going through the motion. You're not really grasping, I mean, even beginning to grasp the, 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 the theological depths of what we're seeing here. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, going back to what you were talking about. and. Again, that's that just John is trying to describe this. Paul's trying to describe it, and and uh, uh, you know, how do you express that? And so, essentially, Paul is saying to the Ephesus, the Church at Corinth, Philippi, look, you are the body of Christ. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you are it, and you better make sure every part's working and in its right place and functioning right, because you know if it doesn't, you're gonna you're gonna compromise your own experience you're going to you're going to feel you're going to be disjointed and of course other people say what's this it's like gandhi saying you know the whole world would be christians we're not for you christians well and you know he he says that christ has a purpose for all exactly. of this. there's a big plan here he says in four in 527 yep. 26 and 27 says my the, the purpose for the, that christ has for the church is he wants to present a glorious church yep. that is pure and holy and without spot and wrinkle like this is his plan so yeah you know like here's the way to live here's the yep. way to live in the will of christ yeah you know? and and uh and it's interesting he said that in the context of marriage mm-hmm. and you know you can see imagine these 
you know, we, 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 in our culture today, we're very disconnected from each other. You know, we can, you know, you can go through a whole day without talking with a single person. And, and I don't think that was the case in the first century. And, um, you know, people would know, oh, the Smiths over there, they have a really amazing marriage. Well, what's the difference? Or the Joneses, theirs is falling apart. What's, what do they believe? You know, and so mm-hmm. he's saying, what really makes a difference? And, you know, we can get lost in some of the, you know, verbiage here in 522 about submission, etc. But really, when you look at the big picture here, um, we're, we're really living to reflect God's love and glory, period. In all, all aspects of our life? In everything. To submit to Christ. And it says there in, in Ephesians chapter uh, 6, verse 18, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions, all kinds of prayers and requests. And, and, you know, we are to be continually connected with our Lord, and, and that allows us to be connected with, uh, with one another. And can, I think something that we talked about before, you know, how do you get the unity and the diversity, the parts and the holes? I think where we run into trouble, though, is like we'll all say, you know, I'm here to serve Jesus. But like your view of serving Jesus. Now, there's certain things we have to agree on, but there's a lot that we don't have to. Right. Right. But what what we get caught up in is your version of what it means to serve Christ and your version of what it means to serve Christ. And my version of what it seems to means to serve Christ becomes a little bit different. Yeah. And then somebody comes along and says, what does unity mean? This mm-hmm. is what, when you said, what is unity? And my immediate was like, uh, everybody believes the same thing I do. Yeah. Doesn't oh, mean uniformity. That's what, yeah. But that's what we think. Right. Yeah. It has to be uniformity. Right. right? You have not- to believe exactly like I believe. Right. And he has to believe. He he better believe like I, oh I believe because oh he's my, the preacher. Oh, my. You know what oh I mean? My. But that's what we do. And we treat, and then we end up, you guys are both pastors. We end up treating our pastors sometimes really bad mm. because we make it like, well, I can't believe the pastor. Uh, you know, Our last pastor would never do that. Qu- oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Pastor Jones, bless his soul. Oh, my. <laughs> He, you know, but he, you know, th- with that that pastor, he quoted that book, or he said this one line, or you know, he made a reference to a he made a reference to a secular movie in a sermon. Oh my! You know, but like you know, people yeah. get really caught up, and if you know, if yeah. that's what if, if if that's you, you don't think that's a pro- that's cool. But if that's somebody else, we have to learn to live, and that's the that's what Paul's getting at. The Jews would come and be like, "Hey, we're still going to celebrate the festivals," and the the Gentiles would be like, "Well, we don't think we have to do that," and you have to be able to be like, "Okay, cool." Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Jesus is king. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. And everybody mm-hmm. goes, yeah, Jesus is king. And you learn to live with one another. Why? Because Jesus is king. Yeah. 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 Back to chapter four. There's one body, one okay. spirit, uh, one Lord, one faith, one baptism. Yeah. You know, and then we all have different spiritual gifts. As long as we're not using them in confusion. Right. You know, that's between right. you and the Holy Spirit. Right. Listen, guys. Uh, As the time sands six, of time. Say, oh no, 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 no! <laughs> so the world turns. <laughs> hey, listen. I have thoroughly enjoyed uh, doing our podcast with uh, Pastor Tom here and Roger, and and it's been awesome going through the Book of Ephesians. Uh, this is lesson number fourteen, and I'm looking here. The next quarter will be on and I wish we had that special effects a drum roll uh, about God's mission my mission which kind of seg this kind of can segue into mm-hmm. that God's mission my mission and uh, here in the Southern New England Conference our motto is together in mission so it's it's I see a theme here developing and and fortunately fortunately all of us are fully dressed, and we have the sandals. We are fitted with the, the, the readiness of the gospel, and we can go on out in into the world and bring the good news. So we better wrap up here, guys. Tom, would you pray for us as we, as we close? I'd be happy to. Dear kind Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you for preserving this epistle mm. to the Ephesians for us, for our benefit. Lord, we've enjoyed this study. We will mm-hmm. continue to enjoy this study, Amen. learning how to be, learning that it's your will for us to be one in the spirit. And, mm-hmm. and unity does not necessarily mean uniformity, mm-hmm. and it takes great courage and humility 
to give our friend, our neighbor, uh, the person sitting next to us in the pew, it gives us, a, it requires courage and humility to allow them to actuate their spiritual gifts, to actuate their relationship with you in very personal ways. Um, without trying to micromanage them and tell them, no, no, that doesn't fit into my understanding, into my box. Mm. Lord, continue to teach us and humble us and grow us in your love so we can walk in love, walk in unity, walk in unity with the Spirit, Father. Mm. Continue to grow our community mm. as we strive towards you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Tom and Roger, and thank you for allowing us to be part of your life. For those of you who are uh, being hopefully being blessed by this podcast, and we welcome your input. Uh, please send us an email, office at weareweareccc.net. And uh, again, if you're in the area or if you're not in the area, come by and see us some Saturday morning. We start Bible study at 10, 10 a.m. and 11:15 is our worship service. And now that Labor Day is is or we're entering the we're entering the fall season, um, we have uh, every other we have a regular potluck schedule. We have a haystack schedule. But uh, and if you don't know what either of those are, then you really need to come and be part of our church family. So, but please come and check us out. Uh, online for some more detail about what's happening so either way we pray you you would uh, be blessed by god and that you will really know and enjoy his love and truth may god be with you if you are looking for a community have some questions about the discussion or would like to participate in a live sabbath school class please join us every saturday at 10 a.m for sabbath school and 11:15 for our worship service at 337 main street south lancaster massachusetts this has been a production by the college church's communication slash media ministry if you are blessed by this podcast please like follow and subscribe Join us next week for another lesson and let us all remember to love more, grow more, and serve more.